You're listening to the Holistic Spaces podcast brought to you by Mindful Design Feng Shui School. Episode 227, Feng Shui Chi Forecast for June 2023. Welcome to episode 227 of the Holistic Spaces podcast, where we hope to inspire, educate, and empower you to create your own holistic spaces that nurture and resonate with you. Angie Cho and Laura Morris are the founders of the Mindful Design Feng Shui School. We teach Feng Shui online at mindfuldesignschool.com. Be sure to visit our website, sign up for our mailing list. You can go to mindfuldesignschool.com, scroll to the bottom of the page and opt in there. We have special free events and workshops and a really fun newsletter that is only available to our newsletter subscribers. So welcome to June, June, 2023, and we have our monthly chi forecast. So Laura is going to go ahead and get started with that. Yeah. So those of you who have been following us for a while and that have been listening to our chi forecast, you know how this goes. We begin with talking about the chi of the month. So we like to give our listeners a sense of what's going on energetically based on the solar terms, which is Chinese calendar of 24 terms that are used to predict, generally used for culture, Chinese culture, and they're thousands of years old that they follow to schedule festivals, to do uh, agriculture, living their lives in, in harmony with the seasons and with nature. And these predictable solar terms, the same timing generally, very, very, very close, if not the same dates each year. This term that we are coming up on, on June 6th, is called or referred to as grain in ear. And grain in ear has to do with the ripening or the growing of crops to a certain point, most likely wheat and barley, is finished growing and it is almost ready for harvest, right? It's 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 becoming, it's almost reaching its peak. And it's a very busy time for farmers. It's a time when there's the warm summer rains are beginning. So, you know, May is a beautiful month. We, we talked about that last, you know, last month we were listening, you know, lots of, of rain, but, you know, lots of flowers, things just bursting and beginning, right? That the real spring that is, has really started or really happening at the peak. And now we're transitioning into a time of consistent warmth. Okay. So fruit is ripening. It's also a time for many where they plant rice or summer crops, again, depending on where you live. And we can all start to enjoy consistent warmth and see all of the crops in the fields growing. And then the second term in June, the second solar term in June is the summer solstice, right? So it is June 21st. And it is the longest day, shortest night. It is when the yang energy hits its peak, right? Sun energy. The sun is high in the sky. The days are hot, right? Or hotter. It's not the peak of summer yet. It's, you know, it's like, it's not the hottest time of summer, but it's definitely the, you know, the peak, that peak yang. And again, depending on where you live, different climates will have different plants that represent this time of year. 
And I always like to ask listeners or have you guys reflect a little bit wherever you live. And yes, I know there are some listeners that live on the other side of the planet. And so, you know, this would be winter solstice for you, right? If you're in Australia or, you know, in the Southern Hemisphere. So, you know, it's going to look very different for you. And for us in the Northern Hemisphere, depending, I mean, there's a real broad range in terms of weather patterns and, and you know, how warm it is at this time of year. Further south, it's obviously quite a bit warmer. Further north, where I am, for example, in Canada, it's just starting to actually be really nice, really warm. And I think when I think of this time of year, I think of the first cut of hay for me is, um, you know, the crops aren't ready to really be harvested at all, but the first cut of hay is, and I live again in a rural area and I also have a horse. And so that's a really important time for people that have livestock, right? It's a big deal that that first cut of hay is a big one. The full moon this month is early in June. It's June the 3rd and it's called the strawberry moon, which is beautiful. It's so lovely. And it makes sense that it's called strawberry moon. The berries are ripening. Wild strawberries are all over now. I can see them on my walk. It's really cool. These little wild strawberries by the middle of this month, it's sort of the peak of strawberry season. Birds are eating the berries. It's very abundant. The color red, it's really evokes for me the color red, which ties into the fire element, which again is very young and it's summer. Overall, the chi of this month to feel very ripe, warm, and young energy. Ripe, warm, and young energy. And we can talk a little bit more about that in a second. Angie, talk about the Chinese zodiac for this month. So in the Chinese zodiac, June is the month of the horse. In the month of the horse, it will offer supportive chi for those born in the year of the ram. And also the horse is in harmony with tiger and dog. So if you're born in the year of the tiger and dog, you'll also find this month a little bit more supportive. If you were born in the year of the rat or the ox, the horse is a clash or a challenging relationship to you. So it's just a little bit of a note to take care of yourself if you are born in the year of the rat or the ox during the month of June. Now, I mentioned a little bit about the overall chi of the month seasonally, and it has a lot to do with moving into those longer, hotter days, that chi of fire, yang energy. And then each month we do a reading a divination reading, a reading of different kind, either I Ching, which Angie is going to do today, I do, or I do a tarot card. So this month, the month of June, Angie will be doing the I Ching reading. Angie. We asked the I Ching, what can we expect for the Chi of June for the Holistic Spaces podcast listener community, which means you and Laura and myself. And so we throw the coins to give us some information about this chi based on the question we asked. And the I Ching is an ancient Taoist book of divination, and it's also called the Book of Changes. So interestingly enough, even though we're going into the summer solstice here in the Northern Hemisphere, the 
first hexagram that came up is con over con, which is hexagram number 29, which is actually, it's very dark. It's, it's called darkness. It's called danger. And so it's interesting because the opposite would be Lee, which is fire, which is brightness, which is more related to summer solstice. And so this, I think, further outlines and points to this importance in feng shui and in Asian philosophies to not just look at what is the most obvious, because when there is a lot of brightness, there is also darkness happening. There is a winter happening in the other hemisphere, right? So there's always two sides to a coin and they're not separate. So we are not separate from the Southern hemisphere. We're not separate from winter when we are in the height of summer, right? So this hexagram that we receive gives gives us an invitation to look at the dark side and the darkness and in the shadows during the brightest time of the year. And during this brightest time of the year where we have the longest day and we have the most amount of sun, we receive this hexagram that is more about the moon. And so there's an invitation to not just look at the obvious and look at where the spotlight is on things, but also to look at the reflection to see where the indirect light is coming from. And by utilizing the brightness of this time of June, whether you're in the Northern or Southern hemisphere, follow the way of brightness. That brightness always is in your heart and you can overcome any obstacles because con over con hexagram number 29 is also sometimes called danger too. And we don't we we don't want you to jump to this fear-based approach that oh no danger means that something bad is going to happen because actually in the i ching when you have the most danger you also have the most opportunity so how do you handle those challenges life always incorporates challenges there's always winter and there's always summer hopefully at least in the world as it is now in 2023 and when there is winter happening in one place, there's also summer happening in the other place. So knowing that you have the capability of handling any challenge that comes your way, as long as you are following the way of brightness, that you are following the luminosity in your heart and to know that everything is workable. And also there's an invitation to shine the light on things that are in the dark don't avoid things. Look at what's happening in your environment. Look around you. Don't be afraid to see the challenges. And how can you instead use the challenging chi that comes up at this time and the brightness or the darkness of this time to shift your chi? And don't fritter away your time getting stuck avoiding things. The longer you spend stagnant, the longer you're just going to be stuck and that's not living. The opposite of life chi is stagnant, stuck, non-movement. So the invitation is to keep moving. The invitation is to look at this darkness and to see how you can shine more light on it. 
Now, the second hexagram that came up was Khan over Kun, which is hexagram number eight, which is called union or unity. And there's a suggestion that when you encounter these challenges and these obstacles, there's an invitation to allow things to come together in community through union. So it's not about making a change with one huge, large swoop and gesture and it'll all go away. Rather, the I Ching is telling us that we are better suited at this time to make many small changes, many small shifts with diligence and to acknowledge that you are connected and you need to come in unity and union with things. Things need to come together and take responsibility instead of being so concerned and hypervigilant about your individuality and your individual needs. How do we see that we are all responsible for where we are now? Whether that means seeing that maybe a challenging neighbor has to do with you as well. They're only a challenging neighbor in light of you, right? So if, if you weren't neighbors, they wouldn't be a challenging neighbor. So taking a responsibility or acknowledging like that things are in a difficult situation because you are, are you are also a participant in it. So how do we start to unify and make lots of small shifts with diligence, with clarity to see that everything is workable and with light and brightness, shining a light on things rather than avoiding things and not being avoidant and taking responsibility instead of blaming. So that's a reading. What do you think, Laura? I think it's pretty interesting that you got con over con. Uh, I know, right? Is, the, yeah. <laughs> the darkest. Yeah. And it's funny, The you know, you have to, to think back of when this book, this text was originally written like 4,000 years ago and water meant something very specific to that culture at the time. It was, you know, seen as, as dangerous, right? Because it would flood. Flooding was like the number one worry for the, you know, the culture that, that this, you know, when the I Ching came about. So you have to sort of Think about what that means below the surface, you know, pardon the pun, but it really is about being cautious overall. And water has a lot to do with being cautious and fear. There is that in there, but there is a time when that is wise and prudent too. So I think it's interesting that you, you know, I really liked how you said what I think it brings up and what I like what you said was things can't always be sunny and beautiful. There is the realities of the sun that you're in right now, obviously puts everything into to bright, you know, and spotlight, but you can't avoid things that you may not want to look at, or you may want to look because obviously it puts things into shadow as well, right? So like maybe seeking out and seeing what's going on there under the surface. And I was thinking, how does this tie into sort of how you can work with this, how you can use it in terms of feng shui, and it sort of made me think about how those two areas work together. So, you know, when you feel dark and low, you can seek the sun, you know, go out, seek the sun, walk in the warmth and the sun, you know, it's about using the elements together, just overall, it's always there for you. And, you know, it's okay 
to lean into the watery feelings a little while. It's okay to be that. It's okay to feel those feelings. Water is emotional, but a lot of times water has to do with keeping your feelings inside, right? And fire is emotional, but it has to do with showing your feelings and being really out there. So that, so I kind of thought, you know, you've got these two opposite elements because they're in, you know, they're quote unquote called a clash. But I think if we start to see how these two areas or these two elements work together and we look at it in terms of the Bagua, you could adjust both Khan, which is career, and Lee, which is fame. Lee is fire. Khan is water. You could adjust both of those areas of your house or your bedroom. You know, you could add a plant. You could add a crystal. You could add a mirror. You could add a feng shui crystal. You could do something where you've adjusted those two areas with your own intention and see this as a positive because when you work with those two areas, there's a lot of productivity and a lot of movement that can happen because we have to stop thinking about these elements as being bad or good, right? And we have to start looking at these elements, how they all work together. And, you know, the example in is when actually, if you read the I Ching and you read about water and fire coming together in a specific way, you get steam, which is productive, right? It cooks things, it makes things happen. So, you know, we have to get away with thinking, oh my God, there's water and there's fire together. And like, that's going to put it out and it's going to be the end of the world. So I think this reading in terms of this month, is challenging us to look at things a little more nuanced and to understand that both can be true at the same time and that you can stand in the sun and be walking through and feeling all, you know, in the beautiful weather and you can feel really crappy and really kind of soul seeking and, and really introverted like water and that's okay. Or you can feel, you know, really, really happy and, you know, excited and still want to kind of do those inward workings and those intuitive work. So again, it's just the, the side, fire and water are, yes, they're two sides of a coin, but when they come together, they make something really, really powerful. I like how you said there's a challenge because the darkness, so con over con, there's a sense that you're going to meet a challenge. Mm -hmm. And maybe that challenge is to not see things as good or bad, right and wrong, and black and white, hot and cold, winter and summer, and see how we do tend to do that. So I was thinking of some feng shui ways, you already touched on some, but whether or not, you know, so I, I, I think this is also interesting, because Laura and I have been getting some notes recently about people saying, well, don't forget about us in the, in the Southern Hemisphere. And the way that we look at it, I know that we are Northern, Laura and I are in the Northern Hemisphere, but it's the same thing. And this reading actually very much highlights that. So whether you're in, if you're in the, in the winter, enjoy the warmth. And when you're in the warmth, enjoy the coolness of the water. So invite yourself to explore no matter what season you're in both sides of the yin and the yang. And then you could take this a step further with the feng shui and look in your home and notice the darkest areas of your home and notice the brightest areas of your home and see what information you can glean from that and, and what may need attention. And then you can go on to notice the quietest areas of your home 
and also the loudest areas of your home. And then the last invitation is to notice the least active areas of your home and then notice the most active areas. So the look, notice the most passive and the most active areas of your home. And what can you learn from that? And is one being neglected? Is one being overused? Does one need attention? Does one need less attention? And notice that they're all parts of your home regardless. And they all have their place, right? Yeah. I think, you know, when we do these, we're talking about the elements, we're talking about the seasons and it's, it, it is, you know, there's lots of layers to it and there's not always a perfect cookie cutter, you know, way of, of explaining these things. And, you know, our teacher, Catherine often says to us, we have to come up with better words to describe things like water, like people of water gets a bad rap. And as someone with a lot of water in their, you know, in their chart and then their nine star key, et cetera, and what they do it, you have, you know, there's a lot of beauty in that, in that darkness, <laughs> but I also love summer. So yeah, I, I think it, it, that's a tough, uh, that was a tough I Ching uh, reading. That's like last month when I got the five of pentacles. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess uh, the universe wants the community, the, the holistic spaces to dig deep, community yeah. to dig a little deeper, <laughs> or we could just blame it on those of you in the Southern hemisphere. Because <laughs> you guys I keep asking, what about us in the Southern hemisphere? We have the opposite. Yeah, maybe that's it. We were just channeling all that and we got a winter. Basically, we ended up getting the watery winter reading. Yes. So thank you all for listening to this episode of the Holistic Spaces podcast. You can tune in every Monday for a new episode. And if you like our podcast and this episode, you can share it with others, subscribe, leave a review. Those little things like leaving a review really help us. So if you can do that, we would very much appreciate it. You can always support the podcast by signing up for our mailing list and checking out our offerings. Go to mindfuldesignschool.com. And you can opt in for a newsletter there on the front page. If you'd like to explore the world of holistic spaces and feng shui on an even deeper level, you can visit our website, mindfuldesignschool.com. Visit our Instagram page at mindfuldesignschool. And don't forget to leave a review and subscribe to our podcast. Thank you so much for listening and we'll see you next week.